Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. All right, guys, we are going to chat about screen time today, but I'm going to start us off with a high five that initially I thought it was going to be a face palm, but it turned into a high five. And that is that we had a huge windstorm here. We live in northern Utah and wowzer. I think the top speed that I saw um, reported was like 112 miles per hour. Wow. Mm. But they said everywhere from 60 to about 100 miles per hour winds, which is like hurricane if you're on the water. And it was crazy, guys. It was. There are really trees was. just totally, like huge, how tall? 100 foot tall? Oh, at least. Trees yeah. just falling over. And it's crazy. The grass is like still hooked on. It almost looks like carpet. Like mm-hmm, they're just yeah. like ripped out of the ground. Mm-hmm. It's like an apocalyptic zone when you yeah. drive through. I feel it's like crazy. I'm in like zombie land. We drove here this morning and like all the power's out. There's no lights. It's freaky. But so that's all in itself. Probably a facepalm. We don't have power. But grateful for. So we don't have powers in our homes right mm-hmm. now. But we're in an office with power and internet. <sighs> yes. So we're head nod. Up and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Head nod to the generator. Seriously. Angels. Seriously. I need a generator in my house. But so my high five is going to the fact that we're talking about screen time and social media and phones, all of that, and how to fix our lives. And so yesterday, because of the windstorm, we really didn't have any of those things. And I got a lot of solitude time in that day that helped me really hone in on this skill that I want to be better at not using screens. And also just, I was just driving around with so many epiphanies. Like it really made me realize when you give your brain a chance to rest, how wise it really is on its own. Mm -hmm. So that's my high five to the windstorm. Love it. Yeah, I've got to say, I feel like I always think this when I'm, I'm very grateful for electricity and power, but just like with everything, when you lose it, you you do realize, I mean, everybody uses it, but every room I'd walk in, I'd flip on the switch, and every time I'd be like, I know the power's out, but yet it's just such a habit to use it. Automatic, yeah. So man, I also, uh, influx of gratitude for all the things we do have with power. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, mine is a face palm. So, uh, me and Cameron went on a walk with Emmett on a trail near our house and there was a bunch of fruit trees on the trail that growing up, we used to pick fruit from it. And there was a pear as we were, we were walking by a pear tree and as we were walking by a pear fell and I was like, Oh, like it fell. It's fresh. Yeah. Like it hasn't been on the ground for a long time. Cause there's other, you know, fruit that's on the ground. So I picked it up and I was like, Hey, do you think this is okay to eat? It was kind of hard, but I thought. It would be fine. And it looked pretty unblemished other than where it had fallen. And Cameron kind of, like, gave it a weird look, but he's also a germaphobe, you know? (laughs) So I was like, "Uh, I think it's probably okay. So I took a bite of it, and it seemed fine. And Emmett, of course, saw it and was like, I want it, right? So I gave it to him, and I didn't think anything of it, and he looked so cute. He kind of looked like a little squirrel with it, you know? Like, And I I was, like, taking pictures of him with it. I thought it was so fun. And Ten minutes go by, and he's just, and me and Cameron are just talking, we're walking, we get to the end of the trail, and he's still just, like, gnawing on the pear, and we go to take him out of the stroller, and I take the pear from him, and 
as I take the pear from him. <laughs> you guys, there was like a larva worm, like where his mouth, where he had just like gnawing, and I was like, oh my gosh, like he, what if he he could have eaten? I mean, it, he didn't Not eat that protein. worm, but there could have been other worms. Who knows? So then I was just like, oh, I was haunted by it, and I keep thinking about it. And then I've just been like worried about it, like that whole weekend. I was like. Oh my gosh. He's shaking his did poop. He eat? Yeah, and he did kind of have, I mean, this is probably TM, but he did have like some diarrhea, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's the worms. I gave my baby worms. Oh my gosh. So, anyway, that's my face palm. Don't just, I, I don't know. Do you guys was have it a lagoon? Yeah, it was. I've eaten many a fruit on the Me lagoon too. trail. Me too. I don't know. So, I was, cons- I don't know. I don't know what to do because I love the fruit there, but. It's true. Dang. Know. It's just the risk of eating organic fruit. Yeah, you live. You live. It was so funky, was though. Probably good for him. <laughs> do you think? Because, ooh, it like, well, I still think about it. Well, it's disgusting, but I will say it's good for him. Totally. <laughs> I mean, people eat larvae and worms all over the world. They're ooh. fine. True. Dry them out. It's a little crunchy larva taco. <laughs> ooh, it's like kind of making me gag. Anyway. Oh, that's <laughs> so gross. That's I, nasty. I love it. <laughs> Oh, I love it. And I love that he's just totally oblivious to I it. I know. Oh, like, he was thought he was a little clown. <laughs> yeah, he loved it. Uh, um, oh, oh my gosh, that reminds me. <laughs> Maybe I should change mine. Do it. I picked an apple from, we went to that photo shoot. So Felicia oh, yeah. and I's family, we got asked to be part of this photo shoot for a company. And on our way out, they had a bunch of apples. And they're like, they're organic. We don't spray them. So, you know, eat at your own risk. They might have worms in them. So we got the apples and, you know, just ate carefully and it was fine. They were, they were nice and tart. Well, I brought them home and for some reason I ended up with one of the apples on my bathroom counter. I don't know how that happened. Well, I left it there and the next day I picked up my shirt, which was also on my bathroom counter. This is showing why do I have both these things on my bathroom counter? I don't know. And there was a larva on my shirt. No. And I didn't put it together that it was from the apple. I was like, oh my gosh, I have an infestation of like <gasps> clothes eating larva. Like I was freaking <laughs> out. Like I was so grossed out. I was like, oh my gosh, my whole closet is going to be eaten by these moths. And anyway, um, or not moths, these little worms. And then I realized, oh, it came from the apple. I picked up the apple and there was a hole in it. But yeah, gross. Ew. So you know what? I'm just going to change mine. That is my face palm also. <laughs> Worms, worms and apples. Ugh. It's just, this is the time of like year. It's apple season. Yeah. 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 Or Ugh. really fruit season. But yeah, Ugh. it was so gross. And my kids were, I was like, oh my gosh, guys, what? And I don't and like how they have the little black head on those ones. The black yeah, head. Yeah, it did have the black like head. the gross. Ew, I don't think I've had that. Yeah. This one was just white. It looks like a parasite. Uh, yeah, it looks I, like I identified it because I have a little app on my phone that you can identify all <laughs> insects, creatures. I identified it and it was just an apple worm. Like it wasn't like bad or anything or clothes, or humans. Oh. Just gross. Just gross. Ugh. Yikes. Yeah, I don't like it. Ay. All right, guys. So today we are talking about um, how we can just be more intentional, intentional Wow, about our screen time and social media and all of the things for both us and our kids. So we're going to hit on um, how we can model it to our kids, how we can be more intentional about our use, and also our kids' usage after the break. But guys, coming off of our conversation with Colin Karchner last, I guess, two episodes ago, um, we just felt inspired to share some of our hacks and reasons that inspire us to be more intentional with our screen use because it it's really scary. It's scary to look at the trajectory of our lives. Um, Terilyn <laughs> worked up a little equation here for us on if we were to use 
screen time continually the way we are. Um, so I'm gonna let her give that to you, but guys, it's frightening. Yeah, and we've talked about screen time before, so we're gonna re reframe it this time in a little bit to make it fresh for you faithful listeners and to, we all need a refresher. As we were talking about this, guys, this is something that I feel like I am a, I mean, I, I talk about this a lot and I am a proponent of being really intentional about our screen time with us, with our kids and technology, specifically the really addictive forms of it. And I mean, you know what I mean? Like I, I talk about this a lot. I feel like I have, and I have specific limits I set for myself. And yet every time we talk about this, I can see places in my life where I have slipped mm -hmm. in my habits. Mm -hmm. So it's a refresher that I need for myself fairly regularly because technology is so easy and so accessible that some people can set a limit for themselves and it stays forever. But something I've noticed with myself is it's really important for me to keep talking yeah. about it and re-looking. First of all, some of my rules change as the needs of my family change. But other things I kind of just let slide because they're easy. Mm -hmm. And we'll give some examples of that. So that's our hope for you today is that we kind of refresh, say it in a new way that just helps inspire you. And if you feel a little twinge of, if it's guilt, if it's, we, we don't want it to turn into shame, like, oh my gosh, I need it. You know, I'm so bad. That's not what we're wanting here. We're just trying to, I think anytime we can see clearly, it's inspiring for change. So anything you hear, think this is inspiring me for change so that I can live more fully. This isn't a shame thing at mm -hmm. all. So here's just a little stat to kind of work up your motivation. So I looked up from the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psych Psychiatry to see what the average currently, so this is as of February 2020, what the average use of tech screen time for kids from the age of 8 to 12 is 4 to 6 hours a day. And for teens, it's up to nine hours a day now. Mm, nine hours crazy. a day in the United States on average. So this isn't even adults we're talking about. This is just kids. Um, so then I said, okay, well, let's do a little math here. On the conservative side, let's just round between four and six is five, right? So five hours a day. I decided not even to do the teenage thing yet because, whoo, baby. Yeah. So <laughs> we're on the conservative side. We're going five hours a day for 365 days a year. That is uh, 1,825 hours a year. And then I decided, let's just, for fun, times that over 50 years. Because most, you know, from the age of 10 to 60, that's still a time of life where you're using a lot of technology, right? So if you just add that in, that means you're spending over 50 years at five hours a day, 91,250 hours. We are awake in a one year. We're only awake for 57, 81 hours. That's going off of if you sleep eight hours a night. Okay. So if you, t if you divide that all by 57, 81, that means over 50 years, you're spending 15, as in one five, years of your awake life. Oh, Total. Yikes. Like yikes. 15 years, guys. So for me, this is terrifying for me. So, and I'm going to just take out. So people work on their computers, right? So just right. take that out. Right. You know, you happen to work. And I don't even know what goes into this with kids and their schoolwork. So if you can do the math on your own, we're going to put this equation on our website and in our notes. But just to motivate yourself, pull up right now your screen time on your phone. So I think most of us do most of our work on the computer. Sometimes we mix work onto our phone. But, I mean, I've read a lot from really great leaders who say, 
we're not as effective on our phone because it's just so distracting. So, I mean, I think that could be a thing you could reevaluate, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. let's just do work on the computer. But for me, I can say most of my stuff on my phone, I mean, there's emails and stuff, but a lot of it, I could be a lot more effective if not I just, efficient. yeah, mm-hmm. it's not very efficient time. There's social media in there. There's just like random text messages. So if you just pull up your phone, go into settings, go to screen time, your daily average screen time, you'll see a number. That's going to take you 10 seconds to do. Take that number. And then you're going to times it by 365, times it again by 50. So you're going over 50 years. So you take it up to a year, up to 50 years. And then if you divide it by 5781, which is your awake hours, you'll find out if you are on your current trajectory, not on your, not working, this is just your phone time, how many awake years of your life you're spending. And wow, that just might just give you the motivation you need to do whatever screen time limits you need in your life. Because Mm. I'm sorry, I do not want to get to the end of my life and have spent years just dawdling mm-hmm. on my phone, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it there's feels, place, yeah. there's totally place for text messages and social media mm-hmm. if I put limits around it. But mm-hmm. if I don't put limits around it, it turns into hours, which turns into years. Yeah, right. right? I think the key word is intentional. Like, yeah. we all use it, and it's good. Like we And we all know that it has a place in our lives, but I think just being intentional about it rather than all of a sudden, yeah, getting to the end of our lives and being like, what the heck, what was I even doing? Do I even totally. remember, you know... Even five years, like 10 years of that time. I don't know. When I heard that 15 years, I told these guys, you could literally become a doctor in 15 years. You could, I mean, (laughs) twice. I mean, there's so many things that you could do better with your time. And I think exactly that. If we look at when are we, we talk about being reactive a lot on the podcast. And I think that's something in all areas of your life. If you can turn to being intentional with your parenting, be intentional with your eating, be intentional with your screen use, then you can move out of that reactive space that, I mean, it's that fight or flight feeling where you're just doing something because something is placed in front of your your face. And I think that is what happens with social media a lot and with screens um, is that we're fragmenting our real life and missing out on a lot of stuff because it's it's not that it's an addiction like alcohol or drugs, or if those things were removed and somewhere else, if your phone was somewhere else, you probably wouldn't go in the middle of the night and be seeking out like some internet cafe if you don't have internet. But because it's so accessible and it's always right next to us, I think it's so easy to be reactive to it. A text message ping or I'm bored. I think I'm going to do the automatic like swipe up and pull up Instagram and just scroll, scroll, scroll. Mm -hmm. And then you are... 50 and you've spent 15 years of your life on your phone yeah. without even thinking about it, with no intention. And I think that's what really inspired us to do a refresher of um, this episode that we've kind of talked about in the past was that for me, the feeling of when you get to an end, the end of a day, when you've been on your phone a lot, we all know that feeling where I look back and say, why was I looking at somebody else's kids or at that cute shirt when my real life kid was right in front of me. And I think that distraction is, it is a feeling of guilt, but as Brene Brown says, guilt is the healthy thing that inspires you to change. It's not, you're not shaming yourself, but I like to feel that little bit of guilt because it kind of kicks me in the butt to say, what do I need to change? Yeah. Like, what can I do different? Yeah, guilt is always good if it does inspire us to be better. If it's just guilt to make us feel bad, that's like another thing. Right, exactly. So we wanted to share some of 
well, first we wanted to go into um, a little bit of what Cal Newport talks about in his book, Digital Minimalism, which is our, um, our last episode on screen time is from this book. And he has the most amazing, amazing tips that um, accumulate into basically you looking at your phone usage and saying, what am I using my phone for? And turning it into an intentional use instead of mindless. So what you do is you remove everything from your phone for 30 days. And we did this. And it was pretty crazy to see how many times you would do like the automatic pick up your phone Mm -hmm. and then realize Mm -hmm. I have nothing there. Mm -hmm. And so it really does help reprogram your brain if you can do this. So that's taking off, you know, email, social media, um, I'm trying to think what were the big things for me when I did the detox. I think those were my biggest Pinterest going even, back to. Do you even take off like, like Amazon? Amazon, yeah. shopping apps. Do you mm-hmm. take off like browsing on a, like Google Chrome or like do you do that? Yeah, even? you take off Safari. So like mm-hmm. anything yeah. besides calling and texting it sounds like. Yes. So you can just like 10 years or however many like years ago phone. where you can, yeah, you're just turning your phone into a flip phone pretty yeah. much. So yeah. you can still get on the internet yeah but you just have to actually go and sit at your computer yes to have do an it. intention and yeah sit, yep. and yep. i can buy something on amazon i just have to walk to the computer it isn't just like oh i need fingernail clippers in two buy seconds now. i can order them you know <laughs> yes exactly yep so then in that time you you take that 30 days to determine what your values are and what things are important in your life and i think that's the big difference because i think there's lots of hacks for phone usage um, having it, having your internet turn off at a certain time or deleting apps or, you know, all those little hacks can be band-aids, but I think determining your values and what's truly important to you in that time when you don't have your phone really resets your brain to then at the end, when you go back and add in the things that you do want, it's very intentional. So you only add back what works for your values and your needs. And Cal talks about how we've seen that social media and technology has kind of gone un- unchecked in the way that it's come into our lives. Um, it's like digital maximalism. We haven't reached this place that we have with other things like food, for example, where we know, okay, I don't really want this food in my life because it kind of makes me feel like this or I know it's not that good for my body. It feels like tech has just gone unchecked. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, sure, I want that app to tell me how to get here, there. I want that new social media, the next thing, the next TikTok, the next Instagram. It's just like, add them all in. There's no damage. It's just whatever. And he talks about how that's really the wrong way to look at it. We should be choosing, just like we do with food, what makes us feel good when it comes to technology, what fits in our life and our values. Um, And it really... For me, it flipped my mindset with my phone and my any tech use being a tool that can build upon values that I have instead of a mindless attention sucker. It still is that mm-hmm. if I don't refresh and get better at it. But this detox really helped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It helped me too, for sure. And But something that I've learned after refreshing this, because we did it, I don't know, it was many months ago. Yeah. It's back in the oh, fall, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I did it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there are certain things, like I had set parameters for myself around my phone, 
specifically with correspondence and I shared it with you guys and I did it for months where I turn my phone on do not disturb in the mornings so I like you know check after my miracle morning you know I, it's on airplane mode until after miracle morning is over and then I have a period where I can you know check email text whatever and then I would actually put it on do not disturb for the morning until lunch until after lunch mm -hmm. so I could focus on my kids school spend actual like present time with them and not get distracted but guys I realized talking today I have gotten out of the habit of that with the excuse of well I need to be available for correspondence, meaning emails and specifically texts. Because there are times where it's like time mm -hmm. sensitive, right? Mm -hmm. And I can think of many times, I mean, it's like a regular occurrence, at least every other day I felt like recently where I'm like to my kids, like, no, 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 hold on, I gotta send this text to grandma mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm arranging this thing. And I realized as I was telling, talking to Felicia and Caitlin just about this concept that that means I have totally slipped in my limit. I had set the limit for myself but because I justified it with correspondence, guess what? There is really very little correspondence that can't wait three hours. Mm -hmm. In the times that I've set for myself, which is morning, after lunch, at the end of the afternoon and evening, that's still a lot. Mm -hmm. Like that's still totally. plenty of time. Mm -hmm. And if it's urgent, I just, so my, if my phone's on do not disturb, if somebody calls two times, it comes through and I can hear it ringing, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not gonna miss an emergency. Mm -hmm. my, my kids, people in my favorites can come through on the first time. So that means my kids' school, my family, those people just have to call once. So, mm -hmm. and you guys already all know, if you need me and it's time mm -hmm. sensitive, just mm -hmm. call me. Mm -hmm. So guys, after knowing this, after like preaching it, <laughs> I still slipped it back in, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the great thing about reviewing them, doing a detox is it makes you be intentional about putting them in. So to me, as Felicia, you're talking, what comes into my mind is I need to do another detox. Like, I think I'm ready for that because there have been yeah. things like that that have just snuck back in unintentionally. And it's making me realize I need to re-intentionally put up that fence because it's important to me and I've let it slip. So yeah, it's a I good reminder. I think that um, most things, a lot of times it feels like it's needed. But then when we actually ask ourselves, do I really, like, mm -hmm. do I actually need to text back right mm -hmm. this second? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Or do I actually need, and so I love the idea of setting up the times to intentionally, again, intentional, mm -hmm. go in and do it. And mm -hmm. I think it is easy to slip into it because it does feel, and it also feels so easy. It's like, well, I get to send, send, send off this little thing. And then next yeah. thing you know, you, you've now checked the calendar and done yeah. this and done, yeah. like, done so many things because it's so easy. And I do think that technology can be so pervasive. It's just so easy. It becomes yeah. so easy. So I think it's, it is... It's nice to do the detox because it does take you out of just mindlessly doing it and actually, yeah. yeah. And you find you're still not missing out on anything because we right. all still have our computers. We just don't carry around them in yeah. our pockets. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. And I think it's tricky because we've come to a place where everyone's expectation is that we will all be responding within seconds or minutes of someone reaching out to us specifically through text messages and email. I think those two have become tricky. Um, I, I do see if someone does have the need to call, it does feel, I like them to have that accessibility because it's, it's way, that's more of a statement of I need to talk right now. Yeah. But I think text and, and email has gotten a little bit out of control. And for all of you who are moms and do have older kids that are moving into that space of where their life is, interwoven with other people in sports and you know school that can be like I tell Parker at the end of the night let me go do my like side job of correspondence yeah. it's like a part-time job <laughs> it yeah. really is and it's it's a, it's a lot. lot 
It's a lot on your mental load. Especially with, I don't know about everybody else's school situation right now, Ooh. but we're doing half remote, half in-person school because of COVID. There's a lot of correspondence. Lots of emails. And it's great, but mm-hmm. it is a small part-time job. Yes, it really <laughs> is. It really is. But you know what I tell myself? If people, so I have read books from the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. Mm-hmm. So these are, and the ones I'm thinking of are men. And women also can do this. I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, it isn't a man or a woman thing. If these guys who are making millions of dollars can also tell people, I'm sorry, I'm not going to respond to you in yeah. two minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to be checking. And a lot of them in their, like, effectiveness tools will say, like, on their email, will say, just so you know, I check my email at noon and four. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So if it's urgent, call me yeah. or, you know, call my secretary or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, if... If they can do that, like mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I don't want to misquote, but I want to say Tim Ferriss does that. Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, yeah, I do feel like I have a small part-time job with my correspondence, but they're probably getting a lot more correspondence totally. than I am. So if they can do it, I'm pretty sure noon and four is also acceptable for me. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the key is setting it up ahead of time with the people in your life to know, or if it is your email, you have some sort of filtering system that um, lets people know this is this is when I'll respond and these things might not have any response. Thank you for your email. If you, if you are someone who is running a business, there might be some times when you don't respond and that's okay. You just set up that expectation before. Um, and I think when you are, when you are talking about, you know, these CEOs or we, in my research, you see it a lot with, um, high ranking, political figures where they're they're having so much input into their brain all the time and I think also writers do this but as a mom and just as someone who hopes to have my own thoughts sometimes I can feel my brain like craving and reaching for solitude and in digital minimalism Cal talks about how that's your your mind's time to repair and it's your time for your brain to do maintenance on itself. And so what solitude is, is being free of outside input. And guys, I can say this is my biggest vice when it comes to technology use is, well, why we have this podcast, listening to audiobooks, listening to other inspirational people, lis- listening to thought leaders. And I, those are all good things, right? So they're, you think they're great things. You think this is this is great. Like you don't I oftentimes will justify because it's a good thing, but that solitude is so important to our mind's ability to take those ideas, mm-hmm. process them and then come out with our own ideas. Mm-hmm. So if you think of like a generation of people who doesn't really have solitude, it's kind of scary to think like is our creativity just going to be stagnant? Because we're not giving ourselves, I think if you want to create and be powerful and all of those things, you need to give your mind time to come up with your own ideas. Because those, those are the people who are going to advance, are the people who can come up with new ideas and not just be filled, their mind filled constantly with other people's mm-hmm. ideas. 
I feel like that is such an inspiration to me to find that mm-hmm. solitude so that I can be one of those people instead of mm-hmm. someone who can be replaced with like a computer. Yeah. Like I want to be a creator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to hear. I mean, because Cal gives the example of Abraham Lincoln and John mm-hmm. F. Kennedy who those times of solitude got them through our country's time of crisis. Mm-hmm. Right. But I would love, I mean, guaranteed my favorite creative people, Maya Angelou, mm-hmm. my favorite writers, I bet Oprah has some, I bet if you looked, I would love to actually look at their schedule mm-hmm. and I guarantee they all have some solitude because that's where creation comes from. Totally. And I just, guys, this is like tickling me. Just so you guys know, I did not say that the entrepreneurs I learned about were men saying that they're just men right. I'm just trying to say that it it's over men and women mm-hmm. successful can find if they can find solitude at every level of success right then we can also find solitude right whatever level like none of us have an excuse right <laughs> right totally just to clarify yes totally and when we're talking about solitude time I think there's different points in our day where we automatically use our phone and we talk about we talked about this before, how we're in public and it's like you're at the grocery store or you're waiting for your food at a fast food place. And if you're trying to be intentional without looking at your phone and you look around, it's like everybody's on your phone. You kind of feel it's like a weird <laughs> ego feeling. Mm-hmm. Like I'm all alone. I'm just totally by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't, in quotes, have anybody to talk to because I'm not on my phone. Yeah. And I was telling you, these guys this story that I was picking up some pizza for our family and I'd taken Wes in with me. Um, my three-month-old, and she was in her car seat, totally asleep, and I purposely was not looking at my phone, and I was just looking at her, and a guy, a man who was in there was starting to talk to me, and he said, oh, is she your first baby? And I was like, no, she's our fourth, and he was like, oh, you were just so, like, in awe of her and so into her, I thought she was your first, and it it, I was happy that I was having that moment with her, but it hit me how many moments have I missed or fragmented with my kids or even just like, what, enjoying nature or mm-hmm. it, just enjoying a beautiful moment because I'm finding something, in quotes, better or more appealing on my <laughs> phone. And so it just made me double down on that yeah. to, to find those moments. If I'm just bored, not to have that be my default. Yeah. I also think sometimes for me, it's also the draw. I love being efficient. So it's like the draw to, like, I'm like, okay, I have a moment of time here that I think I could do this and I could do this and then I could check this. And I I was saying, I did go to, I went to In-N-Out to get some food and I wasn't with my baby and I wasn't with anybody and I thought like, okay, this is my time to do this and this and this, which I think is okay if you're being intentional about it. Mm -hmm. But it was weird because there was a guy next to me who wasn't on his phone and I did think to myself, like, I could just... I could just not do any, I don't know. But sometimes mm-hmm. it is this draw to like be efficient and effective. Mm-hmm. But then I think mm-hmm. the question is, am I actually being efficient by mm-hmm. then? Cause then you do on your phone. It's always to get sucked into a million other things. The next thing you know, you might be scrolling something mindlessly, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And to me, it feels vulnerable. And the word that comes to my mind is brave. When mm-hmm. I'm in a public setting and I don't pull out my phone, I'm just actually either talking to somebody or just being alone with my thoughts. <clears throat> It's like a feeling of like I'm acknowledging that I don't have somebody more important to connect with right now. You know what I mean? That I'm not choosing that. Uh, my daughter had a situation just last week that it was we had the best conversation about it, and it actually inspired me to be to choose because I do actually 
I would actually like to choose to have those small moments, just allow them to be solitude, because I'm really not going to get that much done mm-hmm. in three minutes in a line. Yeah. But three minutes of just enjoying being by myself and maybe even, maybe even focusing on my breath, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. would do so much good or talking with my kids if they're with me. Uh, but she was in a piano concert and they had, they had split it into two concerts because of COVID. They could only have like a few audience members spread apart and stuff. So for the other concert, we couldn't go to it and she had to be in the backstage for the whole thing, except for her performance part. So I, I walked her back. She's going to be spending two hours back here with, you know, a group of kids that she didn't know. She didn't know any of them. And you could tell a lot of them knew each other. And I felt the feeling, I mean, we've all felt this feeling, guys. But the feeling of like, oh my goodness, I don't know anybody here. Mm-hmm. And they know each other. And it makes you feel lonely and kind of embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if embarrassed is the right word, but I mean... I felt that feeling. Yeah, a little nervous. Like, you feel a little unanchored. Like, do I go make Mm -hmm. friends or do Mm -hmm. I just sit here and read a book? Mm -hmm. Anyway, but uh, I left her. And as I left her, I was like, oh, I totally feel that. Like, I have felt that so many times in my life. And after I picked her up, we got to have this amazing conversation about, I was like, how did you feel when I dropped you off? Like, you know that feeling? It feels like I don't have any, you know, there's nobody here I can go. I can, but like, there's nobody I know. I don't belong immediately here you can either choose to go make friends or be in solitude Mm -hmm. and we talked about that feeling and how I was like this is not the first time you'll feel this like this is a feeling you're gonna feel for the rest of your life and most people never learn to be comfortable with that feeling but if you can my favorite people in junior high and high school my best friend was like this she didn't even care and if she did care I didn't know she didn't Mm -hmm. act like she cared she didn't care at all if she didn't know anybody in a room. She would either just be fine by herself or go make a friend. Like, it didn't matter because she was so confident in who she was. Mm-hmm. It was almost like anybody else is there is great, but if I'm here by myself, I'm great company. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she exuded that confidence, and therefore people, like, loved being around her because she gave us all permission somehow mm-hmm. to also feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I remember feeling that feeling in junior high, like, in the lunchroom, like, oh, my gosh, what if I can't find my friend fast enough? And once I learned to just lean into that feeling of I can just also sit down and enjoy my food, that is, like, liberating and I feel like most people never learn that. And I actually don't know if it ever becomes totally comfortable. Right. But, I mean, even as an adult, I went to a really nice restaurant fairly recently by myself. We were on a trip and my husband was at a meeting. And I went in and it was literally all I could do not to pull out my phone. Mm-hmm. I had a book, but a book wasn't the same level. Yeah. It was like a, I am here eating by myself mm-hmm. and I am signaling purpose. to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but I also don't have a phone here that I'm like talking to somebody else. Like mm-hmm. I am just by myself. Mm-hmm. And it as an adult, as a fairly, you know, like I pride myself on I love solitude. And it still took some serious leaning into that feeling of like, whew, I'm not going to reach out mm-hmm. for technology. Like I'm just going to sit here. But it actually made me recommit to I actually want to regularly do something. Like it was actually a college assignment that I've been given in college so now every time I have that opportunity I actually choose to like I'm going to lean into this feeling of just being by myself mm-hmm. at a restaurant mm-hmm. but I think it's huge that so we're, we're talking about solitude being alone mm-hmm. you know with your thoughts in a line or at home or in mm-hmm. the mountains that's one thing mm-hmm. but in a social situation where you feel like it's not very cool to be solitude I think that's taking it to a whole nother level that actually weight can take us past just the beauty of solitude and into a place where we can actually start sidestepping our ego, mm-hmm. which is a whole other beautiful level we can get to. Mm-hmm. And 
can also give us really great conversations with our kids about what it means to be confident in who you are and not having to just stare at your phone anytime you're alone because it feels, Mm -hmm. you feel cooler that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll have a lot more human interaction that way. And I listened to Cal recently, Cal Newport recently give an interview where he talks about how kids and teenagers really aren't getting those hours of time that they need interacting with other real humans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so they aren't really developing that skill to know how to read another person, to ping off their conversation, to go through that awkward teenage stage that we all have um, and end up on the other side, an adult who can function in human interactions because they're constantly talking on their phone. Yeah. I love that he said it's called the awkward teenage years for a reason. It's because it's awkward and we all are testing out those skills. So practicing. And he also goes into the brain science of how much, how much of our brains are developed literally to understanding other people's cues. Mm -hmm. It isn't a simple task. Mm -hmm. We're reading people constantly, their body language, their intonation. And as we practice with them, we match our, it's really our communication and our influencing skills. And I love it because he says, you know, there's the whole like 10,000 hour practice thing to become a master of something. We've all, I mean, unless you have screens that are taking you away from that, most people do get 10,000 hours of Mm -hmm. practice by the time they're an adult. Mm -hmm. But we're just cheating our children of those 10,000 hours of practice because it takes a huge, like literally a huge part of our brain that's just dedicated to that, that we need to try it out Mm -hmm. if we're going to actually learn those skills, which I think is fascinating. Even from a developmental standpoint, that us as humans put so much of our brain energy just towards communicating. Yeah, connecting. Yeah. It's really cool. I think you could go off on that subject, why it's so important, because it is. It's so important for all of us. It's true. And I think another huge pull for me to be more intentional here is, do you guys ever get to the end of the day and feel like, wow, I just felt like that day was so busy. I was anxious all day. And when I look back, I can say it's because it was a day that was filled with my phone, texting, looking at social media, corresponding without intention. So I'm not batching it to a certain amount of time where I'm going to, you know, get back to people. I'm not batching my work. I'm shooting an email there, doing this here. And I I think all of us feel like we're lacking in time, but I want to give you guys a challenge. Do this intentionally. Take your phone out of your life a little bit and look back at your day. And I feel way more free and way more Mm -hmm. like my time is abundant when I'm not Mm -hmm. on my phone all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And by batching it, it actually allows you to, say for example, well, how we're talking this correspondence, there's a lot of just arranging. Hey, are you oh, taking this person gosh. here? Yes. Um, what about this carpool, whatever? But when I batch it, when I actually do keep it within its limits, I actually just plan it ahead of time. Yeah. So the yep. night before, I'll say, hey, are you taking the kids to school tomorrow? Great. Um, what about, you know, can you guys give her a ride to soccer practice? Or yeah. remember, I'm going to take her. Yeah. And it actually just makes me way more organized with my stuff. So the oh correspondence gosh. is still happening. But it's not that that feeling at the end of the day when you're frazzled is usually because it's kind of like last minute, like, oh, my gosh, wait, who's driving to soccer practice? Exactly. And so it, by giving it limits, you're actually just more organized. So we have a few hacks we're going to just share with you. Some of them are reminders. Some of them are new stuff that we've really found that help us. And hopefully you find the same thing. So we've talked to you guys about this, but uh, we have a place in our house where we just put our phones 
Felicia, she does like a little manifesto on her doc, which I still have to do. I like wrote it down this time. Like I must do that. Like a little. Yeah. So I'll explain it a little bit, but we, so a dock and that can be a place where you charge your phone. Or for me, I just put it in a basket and you had a nice like wooden box. Uh, my right? favorite. Well, I used to have a wooden box, but it kept falling off the wall. Oh, okay. So now my favorite thing is I have like a magnet plate on my phone that also holds it in my car. And I just put one of the magnet mounts on my fridge. So I just pop it, which the fridge is like the center of my house. Exactly. I can hear it yeah. anytime on that level. Yeah. And I just dock it right there. So that's yeah. its spot. And I think that's the, so you guys have heard me talk about like, look at how our, our grandparents parented a couple times. But I think about this with my phone often. What did a phone used to be? A true phone. <laughs> so for me, when I dock my phone, I turn my calls on to loud. I haven't gotten deep into the do not disturb certain people can call through thing because for me, I found nobody called me. (laughs) I mean, maybe my father-in-law because he had something important or he was coming to my house right then. But like, I really wasn't getting any calls. And so I turned it into, this is like my house phone connected with the cord. And if people need to call, they can call. That's what phones used to be used for. But my text messages and everything else are on completely silent. So how do you not do that? Because you, you can do that with Do Not Disturb, where you let all calls come through. But mm. how do you turn off everything else without doing Do Not Disturb? So if you go into settings, you can turn your text messages just to silent. Oh. Just them individually. Oh. And I found that those were the things that were yeah. just like... Pinging all the time. Ping, ping, 24-7 all day. And it was yep. pulling me away. So that's kind of how I structure my Do Not Disturb. But then I... Um, I created, and I told Terilyn, I would like to create a new one because, again, we're refreshing this. But basically a manifesto that, and if you want to go back to our digital minimalism episode, I think is where I shared what my manifesto actually was. But in our move, I lost it, so I want to make a new one. But basically I had a little note card, and I kind of colored it cute and stuff, but that just said um, something along the lines of, I'm being vulnerable by being present for my kids. And that's why I'm putting my phone in this place. Mm. And it was like a visual reminder, which are so strong for me every time that I kept my phone there of, yes, this is my intention. This is my Mm -hmm. purpose. And Mm -hmm. this is why I'm keeping it here. So I'm going to make a new one and I'll share it with you guys. (laughs) Excellent. That inspires me. So the other thing is, we've already said this, but choose right now, like literally as you're listening to this, batch the things. Mm -hmm. When are you going to allow your phone to do stuff on your phone? Mm -hmm. Or your computer. It can be either way, depending on what your situation is. If you're working on your computer all day, obviously, still batch Mm -hmm. emails. So this Mm -hmm. is just an effectiveness tool. Mm -hmm. I am only going to check my email on my computer at noon Mm -hmm. and 4 or 9 a.m. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you And and then no matter what, you do not check it no matter what. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brendan Bruchard, who is like, you know, high-performance habits guru, he gives himself 50, as in 5-0, minutes a day for social media which is you know a good chunk of time Mm -hmm. but he says he's like but you're never gonna find me just opening my phone and scrolling social media ever Mm -hmm. so you you choose whatever amount of time it is email so the the general time suckers that really zap our creativity Mm -hmm. um and that just eat our time Mm -hmm. are things like emails texts and social media so those things specifically choose their boundaries and do not let them exceed those Mm -hmm. boundaries 
So, and it takes, and it, and do whatever you need to, to make that happen. So if it's deleting all the stuff off your device, I would recommend for the detox, just doing that just to try it out. It yeah. Then if you choose to come back, just say, no matter what, I am not going to mm -hmm. check Instagram until this time that I've already set aside. And then guess what? I'm going to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Enjoy mm -hmm. connecting, like seeing my, I'm not going to use the word connect, but observing my friends mm -hmm. and posting mm -hmm. my own stuff. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Enjoy yeah. it. Love it. Yeah. But just don't let it get out of hand and take all your other time because that's what we're wanting we're wanting to use technology as an amazing tool mm -hmm. but not a great master so the whole idea here is let's harness it to help us but not let it just take over our lives so that's the next hack is just choose right now when, when? are you going to do those things and then just don't let them get out of those times no matter what mm -hmm. and if you're having trouble with it that means you need to change the environment mm -hmm. which means maybe i actually have one friend who takes has left left all those things off their phone yeah. permanently yeah and that might work for you if you find yourself keep slipping back to that just take them off permanently yeah and or you can even set uh colin karshner told us you can set in your phone it only lets you do you know 30 you can set right. only 30 minutes of social uh -huh. media and then it just shuts you off uh -huh. so you can change yeah. your environment yeah uh in atomic habits which we'll talk about later that's something james clear talks about a lot is Discipline, sometimes we overuse the word self-discipline when you really could just change your environment and use far less discipline, right? Yes. So this is yeah. a great opportunity for that. Set the boundary and then change your environment so it actually is working for you. Maybe it is putting your phone far away. Maybe it's keeping your computer only in the office so you use it when you're in there, but you're not just carrying it around with you mm -hmm. and working on it mm -hmm. in your kitchen while you're cooking with your kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just changing your environment. That's something that really the detox really helped me with was when I took everything off my phone, the things only came back that I really used. Like for me, I never even re-downloaded Facebook. It just wasn't a temptation for me. Instagram though, on the other hand, I really loved and I could tell for me, I wanted to bring it back, but I could tell that it could turn into that, the master space where it's like, if I see it, I just want to look at it. So for me, my, with, what works for my intention and my values is I have to re-download it every time I want to use it for work for the podcast because which guys is every day that's every impressive day. <laughs> that's impressive Felicia <laughs> but it's the only thing that would keep my mindless browsing of it in check was my intention for it okay is to be able to share these messages that I feel like are really important through our podcast so I would justify having it there always. And if I just needed to mindlessly browse it, that was part of it, you know? But for me, I found myself spending so much time on it. And so every single day I re-download and post for our podcast. And it has just quite curved that That's little amazing. habit. <laughs> so guys, just log that away in your brain. She's downloading and re-signing in every day just process. to prevent the thumb habit. It's like right. a thumb memory of yeah, just click, exactly. swipe, yep. up, there yep. it is. Yep. That's impressive. Like, so I just put it at the end. So now that I've, after our detox, I just have my social media. Like I have to like scroll four pages mm, over mm -hmm, through my apps mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to get to it. And that's enough barrier. I think if I had to log in, I don't think I'd ever get on. <laughs> see, ever. see, I tried that hack first. And guess what? My little thumb just got really smart and just started doing the old searcheroo for the Instagram. Didn't matter where it was. <laughs> so I had to double down and delete the thing. Anyway, so, so you know, we're all human. But the next hack, moving on here, is, okay, guys, this is a game changer. So I found myself 
ton of times needing to write notes that would turn into a reminder on my phone that would then turn into an email and Instagram check half hour thing. If I just needed to put a note to, you know, send this bill in or to get this at the store, it would turn into this whole thing because our phones aren't just one thing anymore. They do every single thing. So I bought myself a big notebook and it has a hard back so that anywhere in my house that I need it, it's like has its own surface. It's like a clipboard kind of notebook situation. And it has made it so that when I'm taking notes for the podcast or I need to hurry and write something down to remember, I don't go to my phone, which just not picking up your phone can curb so much mindless browsing. Mm -hmm. So that's our last hack for our phone usage. We're gonna take a little break and we come back. Well, I do just have to add oh, to that. I just wanna to add to, so for me, I've noticed that if I pull up my notes, it does lead to other things in my phone, just like you were saying. But Siri doesn't do the same thing for me. Oh. I can just click my Siri button on my watch mm. and say, remind me at 4 p.m. to ask, you know, Cindy about this. Mm -hmm. And then Siri just reminds me without me ever even having to Ooh, open my phone. Good hack. So if you're having a hard time with that, you're like, oh, but it's so helpful to set reminders. Siri does the same thing for me as mm -hmm. your, I think your notebook is still amazing for ideas and mm -hmm, stuff. Mm -hmm. But for reminders, I can stop myself from the mindless searching because I'm not even opening my phone. It's just. I love that. So you're still kind of using my little Siri personal assistant. Yeah. But, yeah. Because when you're yeah. right, if I do use Siri voice to set a reminder, uh -huh. that's an easy reminder set that does yeah. save so much. I'm not this. tempted to check everything else. Totally. All right, guys. Well, we want to dive into how we can um, prevent our kids from this, s s not necessarily social media, but initially screen addiction and then moving into the social media. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll talk more about that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, guys, we spent a lot of time talking two episodes ago with Colin Karchner about our kids. So today, really, uh, we touched with him about the, the concept of the antidote being connection. So today we thought we'd just dive a little deeper into that philosophy to hopefully really arm you with some great tools, giving you hope going forward that you know you can be creating your relationship with your children like you want to intentionally. One of our pillars of our parenting 
is connection, along with unconditional love, setting healthy limits, and being present. All of those require uh, boundaries around screens. Mm -hmm. So the first kind of tip that we have for our kids is that part of being children is being loud and being messy. There are times where we require our children to be quiet and respectful, but I think sometimes as parents, we have, we're under the illusion that that needs to be all the time, you know? And kids are smart and they do understand that when we're at church or a restaurant, we do act different than when we're at playtime. And I, you know what I mean? I do ask of them to mm-hmm. like actually be, you know, a little bit more quiet and not as messy. Mm-hmm. But at home, when we're doing playtime and you don't have screens, screens are very quiet mm-hmm. and very, very clean. clean. <laughs> but, but kids on their own, they're creative and they do make messes. And I think there's nothing wrong with teaching them to clean up their mm-hmm. own messes. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that if you don't have screens, that means you have to have a messy house all the time and mm-hmm. you, or that you have to do a lot more work. Mm-hmm. You can teach them, but I think that's actually a great opportunity. You actually do teach them. Something I tell my kids all the time, and as I say this, I do not want to give any, anybody the illusion that my house is especially clean, <laughs> but I know people who do also keep their house super clean and don't, and have great limits around screens. But for me, something that I say all the time when my kids make messes, cause they do, mm-hmm. they spill stuff on accident or on purpose. They create this thing and it mm-hmm. makes a big mess. I say all the time. I say it probably at least once a day. I'm not worried. Cause good thing. You're so good at cleaning up your own mess. Mm-hmm. And my three-year-old, well, uh, he's four now. will say, I'll hear him say, don't worry, I can clean it up myself because mm-hmm. I'm good at cleaning up my own messes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so good to learn as you grow that like I actually have control. I don't just have to make a mess and leave it, but I can clean it up myself. So part of that is just accepting that kids are a little messier. If, you, if you're not going to have outside though, again, outside is great for kids. Oh, yeah. It's a great thing for their health and (laughs) you can be really messy outside and take off your shoes before you come in, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. there's much less. So that's another little hack, except they're going to be a little bit messier. Teach them to clean up their own messes, but send them outside every time you possibly can, Mm -hmm. because then they can just be way more free and enjoy that part of childhood. I think this is a perfect example of takes a little more time and it's a little bit harder up front to go through those uncomfortable, loud, messy phases instead of letting your kids, you know, watch TV or play on their phone. That's harder up front to take that time to teach them how to wipe up a spill or to set up, you know, a cleanup chore type system like we talked about last episode. But in the long run, a kid who can play independently and knows the next step in a day and can clean up his messes or her messes um, is in the long run much easier than a kid who's kind of been numbed out to all those workings of the house and you know your family system and I, th- I think it prevents the kids from turning into little we talk about little child kings a lot but just that they think that the next thing is just for them. They think that um, whenever they'd like to, they can just turn on a show and kind of numb out any uncomfortable feelings they have of boredom or when they get older, that turns into, you know, um, having to do homework or going down that road of comparison of making friends, maybe if your friends are leaving you out. And I think you just don't learn those 
and I see this as an adult, you don't go through those uncomfortable stages and you come out on the other side not any better for it and really in a lot worse place because you've just numbed all your feelings. And that's something we also talk about a lot is that we need to teach our kids and ourselves how to lean into uncomfortable. And I think that directly correlates with screens a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. much uncomfortableness. Totally. <laughs> it can be numbed out with a screen. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that goes along with, as you were saying, that uncomfortableness. Once you set limits in your house, uh, Colin Karchner talks a lot about doing a detox in your house, just like we talked about with our own, with our own selves, doing it as a family. Like we're actually going to cut out all screens, mm-hmm. entertainment screens. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about... Um, for school if your kids have to do their schoolwork on screens. Mm-hmm. But I am talking about educational games that we have right. on the iPad. Right. All of that. Yeah. Just try taking it out yeah. for a week or a month and then and then introducing what you feel like is needed mm-hmm. or that you love back in. But something that's really helpful for me with setting limits with my kids is actually be specific and write it down as a family. So we know we watch family movie night mm-hmm. on Friday mm-hmm. or for us, we do... So, I i mean, I love watching movies as a family. We always watch one on the weekend. And then we actually watch a show. So not like a full movie, but like mm-hmm. a portion of a show when we fold laundry mm-hmm. on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. So we do that, right? Mm-hmm. And then they do get a, a portion of, um, they can actually like have like their own little thing once a week mm-hmm. during a certain time. It's actually while I do a class that I love. And they know those are the times. So if it's mm-hmm. any other time, they ask and I can just say, what day is it? What yeah. time is it? Yeah. And they know, oh, it's not yeah. that day or that time. Yeah. But I think kids are so many times unclear about what the mm-hmm. rules even are. So then you just feel like they're always begging Oof, and yeah. they always, and everybody's cranky about it. So I think writing down, like as a family, have a little family council. This is what we're doing with screens. We're writing it down so everybody can see it. And you can put it on the fridge for a week and people catch on very quickly, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. But then you can actually say, oh, go check the paper. Is it one of those times? Mm-hmm. Nope, it's not. Yeah. So I think whatever your limits are, we all have different limits in our household. And just choosing what they are and being intentional. And then it just doesn't sneak in. Because that's totally. the thing about technology is it's just sneaky. Mm-hmm. If you don't make a certain cage for it, it just goes, it can just it be in crazy. everywhere. And pretty soon your kids are just waking up and go grabbing the iPad and they're being so quiet and so nice. Mm-hmm. So you can sleep in on the couch, but then three hours have gone by, you know? So Totally. Yeah, and then we get that guilt feeling that I know I've heard, I've felt, I've heard from so many of my friends, that feeling of guilt when your kids are on screens more than you'd like. And I think to, to go with that, when you, if you are setting these boundaries and they're new, your kids aren't gonna be like, oh yeah, it's not Tuesday. Okay, Mm -hmm. I don't wanna watch a show. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna be that easy. It's gonna be uncomfortable. They're going to be sad, mad, and probably cry, probably have tantrums. The screens have a pull on their mind that is, I mean, we can see it when we try to take away our own screens. Yeah. You start to feel a little crazy. And we've all seen it when we take our kids, you know, they're right in the middle, not right in the middle, you know, you give them the five minute warning and then you take it away and they are cranky cranky. for like an hour. Yes, exactly. So I think get ready just like with, you know, any other boundary that you set. They're gonna have the tantrum. You acknowledge their emotions. I know it's really hard. You really wanna watch dino trucks right now. That sounds really fun to you, I get it. We can watch it on Tuesday when it's show day. And I can tell you because, you know, I I started doing this boundary when Cohen was pretty young, but 
still before then I didn't have a specific boundary. And so again, they're just unclear. And there was a, a detox period where he wasn't so happy about the fact that we mm-hmm. weren't going to watch something right then. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through phases now that I've done this. Um, so it's going on probably four years with my kids at this same boundary with, with Lennon. It wasn't as hard because he just grew he came in and that was a boundary that was set. Yeah. But we've had phases where we've watched more shows, you know, a new baby or somebody's sick. And I still see a detoxing period off of that yeah. where they're cranky and they're asking way more and they're not happy about it. And it is harder and uncomfortable then to go through that. But you come out on the other side with kids who can play way more independently, who aren't asking about screens all the time. Mm-hmm. And... You see their little brains working in so many cool ways. So it's worth it. Yeah. It's hard. It's worth yeah. It. And I like that you just mentioned a new baby because the example that I mentioned of you kids learn they can just go and get the iPad while you're still asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say that, I mean, I have so many friends who have had that problem. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let you know that it doesn't mean that you can't be well rested because sleep is super important. So the way that looks, though, when you first say we're not doing iPads Mm -hmm. first thing in the morning, Mm -hmm. it's going to be ugly for a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? They're going to be waking you up. Mm -hmm. And like for me, obviously, I'm a huge proponent of waking up and doing my morning time. Mm -hmm. But if that's not that's not what works for you, then I mean, my so I I am the only one in my family who takes a nap now. (laughs) During quiet time. Your kids are just playing and you're like, bye, boys, bye now. Everybody else has graduated into quiet time Mm -hmm. and I'm the only one. Now we don't have any babies and I'm the only one who takes a nap. (laughs) But the cool thing is your kids, once that detox time is over and it's not perfect and there will still be times when they wake you up, but they know screens aren't even an option. Mm -hmm. Like they're not even there and Mm -hmm. they do learn to just independently play Mm -hmm. quietly even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if they wake up during my miracle morning time, which is also a time where like I am doing my own stuff. I'm awake, but I'm not like feeding them breakfast or anything. If they wake up during that, which is very rare because the thing about screens is they also trick our minds into being more awake than they can be. So once you take away screens, it actually can help with sleep. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if they wake up and I'm still doing it, like my... My four-year-old will just come and he just sits quietly on the couch by me and he'll snuggle with me, but he doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. He's And it's great. I actually love it because he's the only one who ever does this because he's the only one who wakes <laughs> up early enough to ever even catch me in Miracle Morning. But he knows that, yeah, I'm not going to be getting up and doing stuff for him because this is my special time. Mm-hmm. So you can still frame even your own sleep like that. Yep. And again, it's not perfect. It's not as easy mm-hmm. as screens mm-hmm. are. But I just want you guys out there to hear my voice saying it's still possible to still totally. work around your own needs without your kids having to be babysat by screens. Yeah, and I've had friends who've gone through that detox with the morning time specifically and said their kids started sleeping in longer because their little brain wasn't turning on at 6 a.m. and saying, ooh, I got to watch a show if I'm up early. And craving that, they knew once they set the boundary, there was a rough time. But then they knew... Well, if I get up, I can't do anything anyway, so let's go, <laughs> go back to bed. And we're not eating breakfast until 7.30. Right, so right. my options are either sit, sit here there. and play quietly, <laughs> right. which is totally fine, mm-hmm. or go back to bed. Yep, anyway. exactly. So our last two tips are, one, to model a healthy screen relationship, and that is you know, something you have to work through with yourself and become intentional. Um, for me, I... I just don't like that feeling of my kids seeing me on my phone. So mm-hmm. I try to ex- you know, explain what I'm doing and then being intentional about when I'm using it in front of them. 
think it's super important. And then our last tip is just put off the phones as long as you can. I think if you weren't in, if you haven't listened to our Colin Karchner episode, listen to our episode with him. I think it'll inspire you that young kids don't need phones, especially smartphones, especially mm-hmm. smartphones. Mm-hmm. So, and he even recommend not only he actually a lot of researchers now are recommending for teenagers <clears throat> no smartphones either, specifically with social media and online gaming access, the internet access. Mm-hmm. Um, the metaphor there is we're just throwing them into a deep end of the entire world at their fingertips and they Gosh. haven't even learned how to swim yet. Yep. It's hard enough for us adults mm-hmm. to manage it, mm-hmm. frankly. I mean, we just literally what spent the first half of this talking about how difficult it is for us. Yes. So uh, some really good solutions for that is, I didn't get to talk about this with Colin uh, because I wanted to hear what he had to say about it. But I just want to share with you guys, and I'll make sure I also uh, send the link, put the link with our show notes as well. Uh, but that is my kids. And again, every family has their own thing. So as you hear this, if you think it's too young, totally, mm-hmm. I whatever you think is best for your family. But my kids, when they turn eight, they get a watch. It's a watch that only, it's a TikTok watch. Not the same thing as the social media app. Spelled totally Not different. the same. <laughs> Which, uh, and they can call me and, and you can set it for as much freedom or not freedom as you want. For us, we have it set up. I don't even have them text on it mm-hmm. or anything. Like I actually don't let them do any of the stuff. It's just literally they can call me, my husband, and their grandparents. So if they need help, I can also GPS track them, which is really nice. I can... Mm-hmm. Like if they get lost, <laughs> I can find them. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that gives me like the safety of I feel safe. They feel safe. They can call me if they're ever in a, at a friend's house and something uncomfortable is happening. They can call me and I can come get them. But there's no distraction of they don't even text on it. So my daughter is at an age. She's 11 and all of her friends have smartphones. So, I mean, literally all of them. <laughs> and and a lot of them have really great boundaries around them. I mean, they're wonderful. I'm not even saying that with judgment. I mean, they... But so they text my phone. Like if they want to text her, they text my phone. And the thing I love about it though, she calls it her catching up on text time. (laughs) But it's usually, you know, like after dinner, she'll spend 10 minutes and there will seriously guys be like a hundred texts. It's amazing (laughs) how many texts come through. But the thing I love about it, even for an 11 year old, she can still like text back to people or whatever and be a part of the conversation. But she's still at 11. She does this cute thing where she gets in her own mind and she's imaginary playing. Like she'll go in the piano room and I'll see her in there. She does this thing where she like skips around and she's creating this world in her mind. And you've seen her do this, right? It's so cute. Oh, it's so cute. She's done it ever since she was little. And I love it that she's 11 and she still does that. But if she was looking at her phone every time a friend texts her, because they're on do not disturb on my phone. (laughs) She would never even get to have that solitude time and go into those imaginary worlds. And Mm -hmm. I don't want that for her yet. I don't want her to have to be at the beckoning call of all those tween texts. Mm -hmm. So this way she can still, again, and on her time when she's chosen, I want to see a Mike friend's correspondence and she Mm -hmm. can text him back. And, you know, the, hi, how you doing? What's up? What are you you wearing today? Look at my pet today. (laughs) I mean, like, that's what their conversations are because I get to see them because they're on my phone. They're hilarious. (laughs) Um, yeah, look at my hair. I crimped it today. Um, but I love it because I feel safe with her watch. Whenever she does get a phone, which isn't going to be for a while, uh, because my main thing is it takes away one of their hands because mm-hmm. pockets, girl pockets, for one, are just not with helpful. Us, but especially little us. girl pockets. They don't yeah. fit their phones. And I want her to still be at a stage where she can still be hands-free right. and not, like, always worried about where her phone is at somebody's mm-hmm. house. 
Um, but whenever we do get a phone, it'll be a Gab phone, which Colin Karchner talks about. And it's just, it's like a flip phone, but it looks like a smartphone. So they don't lose their street cred. <laughs> but they're not, they don't have the internet and they don't have all the things. They can just call and text and that's it. So those are two great, really concrete solutions. For me, again, for eight plus, I do the watch and then eventually, I don't know when that is. My plan is now 14, but I'm open to being open to whatever that needs to change. Uh, to not a smartphone, mm -hmm. but something like a Gab phone. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think those are just a lot of parents know that their smartphones aren't good for their kids, but they just don't know what a solution is. Mm -hmm. And those are two really great mm -hmm. solutions mm -hmm. that I think is just nice that they've even come up with that. When smartphones totally. first came out, they didn't even have those options totally. for parents. So yeah. I actually know several parents who have had their kids, their teenagers, be in the depths of social media angst and all that kind of stuff and seeing what it's doing to their kids and actually just had a good talk with them, but saying, we're going to move you to a Gab phone. Mm -hmm. And they said all of them, just like we're talking about with toddlers when you first take away their iPads. At first it is rough, 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 and tears. Mm -hmm. And, but I've had several parents be like, it was the best thing we ever did. Totally. So consider it, maybe at least have it be part of your dialogue. I don't know what, and again, only you as parents know what's best, but mm -hmm. those are some really great options. The research is out that, I mean, it's very clear that social media and not like playing video games with your friends, that's one thing, but the online gaming by yourself in your basement with your headset online to the whole, where you're connected with the whole world, those two things specifically are doing a lot of damage to our teenagers and suicide rates are just climbing. And so I think the research is definitely out there that it's something we need to look at as parents for totally. sure. I think it it's stealing a lot of childhood away and i think for us as adults it's you know stealing our creativity it's causing us a lot of anxiety so i'm going to double down again so i love these refreshers and i hope that we hope that these tips can help you guys as well and will you guys share with us if any of you do make changes in your family we would love to hear how it goes after your detox period. Yeah, I would <laughs> because love to hear it. it's inspiring to me anytime I hear about parents and the things they've done and what's worked. Mm -hmm. uh, we would love to know how that's working for you. And again, give it a, give it some time. Yeah. But after a good 30 days of trying a new boundary, mm -hmm. let us know how it's going for you and your family and if you've noticed any uh, differences. Yeah. In fact, if you guys, if you do and if you feel inspired, we'd love it if you would leave us a review that helps us and also we we go there to find new topics to interact with you guys we do episodes of listener questions and we love to pull them from there and um, it's really helpful for us as well all right guys let's find the magic <coughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> brown cows <laughs>